0: Welcome to Finance for Physicians, a show where we empower physicians like you to practice medicine the way you always dreamed you would. This podcast features doctors, physicians, and experts that share one main thing in common. We believe having control of our finances leads to having control of our lives. In a world where doctors' lives are often dictated by our needs to maximize income, pay back massive student loans, and buy homes, many of us give up reaching those goals. But it doesn't have to be this way. If you are ready to learn how financial wellness creates happier doctors and patients, then I'm your guy. I'm your host and financial expert, Daniel Wren. Let's get started hey guys hope you're having a great day i am excited to talk with you today it's just me today but i'm talking about a topic i really enjoy and that is financial planning but i'm going to be talking about what i would consider is the most common missing piece in the equation for people's financial plans in particular physicians financial plans so i want to talk through what that is and how you can better incorporate it in your life and hopefully we'll you know the conversation today will help you to improve more of the practical aspect of your financial planning this is a as i said a fun topic for me i enjoy this but i recognize many of you it's probably not something you necessarily enjoy i promise you the more you experience it and talk about it and learn about it it will be a much more enjoyable topic part of the discomfort there is is not having much experience with it. And so what we're going to talk about today is probably not something that the average person has spent much time focusing on. And so it might be a little uneasy at first, but hopefully we can work through that. We're going to be talking about the most common missing piece in physicians' financial plans. And I'm curious what you're thinking about as I say that. And I'm guessing that for many of you, you're thinking about numbers, like spending too much or not doing tax shelters or you know whatever number thing i think that's probably what people think of when we bring up financial planning is related to the numbers that's not actually it really there's this misconception there is that money in itself is going to solve problems or make life better and i think all of us have felt that in some capacity or at some point in our life this whole idea that i'm going to earn more money and life's going to get better or Even the stuff that it buys is going to help life get better. I was interviewing Dr. Hollis Sabri in the new year's resolution podcast a while back on how to set new year's resolutions that stick. And she had a great quote about her experience with money. And she was talking from the view of in training as a physician. So here's the quote. So I thought making more money in practice would change my life for the better but in reality it only made me more of the person i already was and if i was honest i didn't want to continue being that person so i think this experience with money is such a great example of what people commonly think and feel as they start to experience money it's this I- this false idea that it's going to solve problems but in reality it's not so that's the misconception is that money's going to solve problems i can you know make Life better by simply doing the money itself is going to make life better. And so, back to the financial planning really, the goal of having a financial plan or really money in general is to make life better. And so, if money is in itself not actually making life better, the natural question is what actually makes life better? So, that's what we're going to talk about. And that's we're going to get into the missing piece here. So ideally you're using money as a tool to live out your values. So you're using money as a tool to live out your best life, be the best version of yourself, do what's most important, you know, check off your bucket list, those sorts of things. So I said earlier, money in itself doesn't make you happy, but when you can start to use money as a tool to live your best life, that's really what's gonna move the needle on this. And unfortunately, I think that is the big missing piece, is that oftentimes, we fail to pay attention to our values. So that's what I'm talking about here, is using money as a tool to live out your values, your personal values. And so it's really easy, I've done this before myself, I've seen it in a million other people, it's really easy to not have your values top of mind, not pay attention to them, not give them a seat at your, at the table when you're making decisions, little and big decisions in life. And so I think the question I would pose for you is, do you know what your values are, are you really clear? Can you state them, you know, right now, like off the cuff, are they top of mind? Are you using them in your decision-making process? So I think what happens is most of us, you know, depending on the phase and if you've worked through this exercise recently, if some of you have done, you know, worked through this exercise recently and you're, or you're just very aware of your values, maybe you're going to know them, you know, pretty quickly. But unfortunately, a lot of us kind of get so busy and we lose touch of these things. And so what happens when you're not aware of your values is you end up being influenced by all the other values around you. So like the world's values we'll say, or your friend, your peer group values, or just the cultural values or however you want to say it. So look at the cultural values around you, like, and you know, what would you say those are? It's easier, that's another thing. It's easier to identify sometimes, you know, how we're doing on these things from the view of looking at other people. And so if you think about the world just in general, Like what are those values that the world lives by and are you living by those yourself or how are they influencing you? Odds are, if you're not really holding strongly to your own personal values, you're being heavily influenced by the worldly values around you. And a lot of times that's a problem because it's in conflict with what your true values are. One of my favorite quotes, if you've been listening the podcast for a while, you'll have heard me reference this probably several times. But sh- show me your checkbook and your calendar, and I'll tell you what's most important to you. I'm not sure who came up with that quote originally, but it's a great quote on really calling attention to the fact that if we really want to look at you know where the rubber meets the road on our values is on your t- time that you're spending and where you're dedicating your resources, your money, and so. A lot of us, you know, say that, so if I were to ask you, like, what are your values? You know, maybe you're going to say like, family's important. That's a common like first reaction. And so maybe you have some values in mind that, that are important, but then the question becomes like, how are you, you know, how are your actions aligning with those values? And so what happens is if we have these values... That are, we know deep down are important. And then we have these actions that we're, you know, our day to day decisions and the actions that we're taking are in complete conflict with those. That's where you start to get friction or cognitive dissonance, is what they, you know, call that. There's stress and friction, and you kind of feel like you're not living your true self when those pull further apart. And usually what's happening is you're pulling towards the worldly values instead of those values, you know, deep down are most important to you. So that is the far and away biggest missing piece I see in physicians, financial plans. The numbers are important. I'm not trying to say the numbers are not important, but you have to do both. You have to look at your values and what's most important to you and look at the numbers from the lens of those values. So we're going to go through an exercise today on this show, which I think will really help. It's helped me. It's helped people I've worked with. I think it will really help you to clarify your values and help get them more top of mind. And so we're going to just talk through this. I'll have an attachment to the PDF of the exercise in the show notes in case you want to, write it on paper. I have mine written on paper. I just like to, for these kinds of exercises, I'm usually like an electronic type guy. Like I put it all in on the electronic version of stuff, but for this kind of thing, I like to handwrite. So we'll have that linked. Okay. So the first step, if you're looking at the document, you'll see this, but the first step is to really just brainstorm, like what is actually truly most important to you? Like what are, of all the possible values, you could identify with, what are your top values? So the document, when you look at it, you'll see a big, huge list of like possible values. And then there's some blank spaces for things you might fill out if something you identify with is not on the list. So as I was going through this, a couple of the ones I actually identified were not on the list, so I you know, wrote those in. But what I want you to do is skim through this and maybe put like a check mark next to the ones that potentially would be important to you. And so go through the list, identify what possible values might be for you. And then as you're thinking through this, so for me, this is like a 20 to 30 minute exercise. Like I'm just sitting and thinking about it. So as you're thinking through it, think about past experiences that were really fantastic, like awesome, like, you know, great times in your life where you're like, man, this is, I'm doing, I'm living life. So think about past experiences or even like future ideal things you could see, you know, happening that would be, you know, great experiences or things that have happened or, you know, situations you've been in. So think through like past times or future possible times that really, you know, struck you as like, awesome times. And sometimes those can be clues into like what possible values are for you. So go through the list, identify or check box, you know, you know, 10 or 15 when I was doing this most recently I had like 15 or so that I check marked and then what you're going to do. So after you've done that, I want you to underline like your top, say three to five. So underline your top three to five values that you would say are like most important. And these are going to be, you know, what we're going to document on the next page. So for me, as I was going through this, relationships was number one. Selfless, I called it selfless development. I made up my own value. (laughs) Selflessness is on here, but I like selfless development better. That was my second one. And then exploration was my third one. And so you can write those. Ideally, you're writing them in priority order. And for me, these are priority order. So relationships is number one. Selfless development is number two. Exploration is number three. So ideally, you're writing them on the next page in priority order for you. And so what you're going to do is for each of those top three values, you're going to write down a couple of statements and behaviors that identify and help explain that, how that value, you know, how you see that playing out in your life. So I'll share with, for my example, I'll share like the first one that I went through just to kind of give you guys an example to work off of. So relationships, like I said, was my number one. And I would equate that to like loving others. So. For me my outcome statement is to love god family and others above myself like that's the ideal um, so it, behaviors for me the top one is accepting love of christ first and that allows me to have that ability to love others so that's kind of this whole a lot of this is priority order so for me it's like loving god Accepting that love of Christ will allow me to give the love out to others. And by having daily prayer, reading the Bible, relationship with Christ, those are the things, the actions, the behaviors that would tie into that. So that's the number one behavior for me along the lines of relationships, because I believe that by honing in on the relationship with God first, it will allow me to do relationships in the rest of my life better. The second one is. Improving marriage always like never like coasting. So learning to give compromise, love, have date nights. So date nights is a really concrete example of that. But you know, it's more than that. So that's the second one is marriage. And like I said, ideally these are in priority order. The third one is leading and loving my boys. And so providing a good example for them. And those, this all ties into the, you know, others. So like ideally the first and the second ones I just mentioned are in themselves very good examples, but there's a lot more than that. So a concrete example for me is having like a special dedicated time that we have regularly where we can, you know, build that relationship. The fourth one is being a great friend, having deep conversations with other people. the fifth one would be like loving strangers even, and, you know, ideally my enemies. So these are examples of behaviors. There's a bunch, like you could go on and on forever. But uh, the idea here is to just have some prompts to remind you real, you know, of what that value is and why it's a value and how, you know, it might play out in your life. So that as you go through life, you can reference it and be reminded and help, you know, with decision-making and direction and that sort of thing so i'm not going to go through the rest of these uh basically selfless development for me was like developing myself from this view not so much of pride but more humility like i'll give you one example of it is like working out has always been important to me like health is very important to me but in the past early in my life i have been healthy or you know worked out or whatever More from a selfish standpoint of like, I want to look good and, you know, I need to look good, which everybody wants to look good. But today it's more of like, how do I live a long life so that I can take care of my family and have relationships? It kind of ties into that first value. So there's a, you know, a bunch within that, but like selfless development is a big deal for me. The third one is where I kind of get into more concrete stuff related to my work and personal and all these things like values tie into personal work, everything. So exploration is like, I have, I love like learning new things, going into new places, exploring. That's partly why I enjoy business. It's just fun for me. So that's definitely a top one. So once you have these written down and have a good, you know, outline of what that actually might look like in your life, that's a huge step, but you really are not changing anything until you start living by them or taking action on them. So knowing your values is the first step. It's hugely important, but we have to then start putting them to practice and that it gets challenging, but like a huge first step, like I said, is getting them documented you're going to start to gain more awareness just from having them on paper so the last part of this i'm going to talk through like putting them into practice like how to you know live more in alignment with them and then i'm going to circle back to like some examples of like your finances and ultimately where we started with this is your financial plan is like how are you viewing your financial decisions, you're using your money, your finances as a tool to live out your ideal life, which to me is like the definition of good financial planning. So next steps on putting them into actual practice. So some examples, I'm going to just throw out some examples to think about. Going back to the financial plan, a lot of times when we talk with people about financial planning, as I'm a financial planner by day, but uh, when I'm talking with someone about their financial planning, oftentimes they're going to bring up goals as like, you know, starting points in the conversation. Like I want to retire by X age, or like I need to pay off debt, or it's important to get an emergency fund or whatever. So those are good examples of goals. And then We're also going to talk about like decision making and like some of these big decisions that they have coming, oftentimes are important to them to talk about as well. Like, I'm transitioning into practice, I need to buy a house, or like my kids are going to college. There's all these life changes that are happening. And so, in these discussions one on one, we will try to peel back the layers on the underlying reason behind these. But Really what I'm saying for you listening is ideally your values, these values we just went through, they're the guide helping you. They're like the reference piece of directing you in these goals that you're setting and these decisions you're making and really like thinking about, okay, is this truly most important? How does it fit in with my values? Why would I do this versus other options that are available? And even thinking, like, if I say yes to this one thing, or if I really pushed hard towards this one goal, is that inhibiting my ability to say yes to potentially much more important things down the road, or even now? As you're looking at decisions or goals or these life circumstances that happen, it's a good practice to get in the habit of peeling back the layers on those, like, what's my why? So ask yourself why questions until you get down to the root purpose behind it, or root cause. And ideally that is more in alignment with these values that you have. Nobody has perfect alignment too. That's important, I think, to point out. Like this, all this stuff we're talking about helps pull the two together, but like nobody's perfect on this. So perfection is really just not attainable. It's more of like a constant tweaking and re, you know realigning as much as possible, tweaking. Even it evolves over life. Like I think mine, I know mine have evolved as I've gotten older, like my values have changed a little bit. And so that's important to kind of put out there is these will evolve. They don't, they're not going to be perfect, but we're just looking for like improvement over time. So let's talk about some like practical examples of this. And maybe that I think this will help you to kind of, you know, really start to think about it in your day-to-day life. So a common big decision that happens, it's really emotional and that oftentimes is one of the biggest, you know, mistakes in your life, but also can be some of the, one of the best decisions in your life. So it's a really dicey decision and that's the decision about buying your first home or maybe buying your dream home. The home buying decision is super emotional tends to get like dicey. I've had an experience of working with people a lot on that particular decision. And it's very, it's kind of a risky one to where it's common that people deviate from their values on that particular decision. So as you're approaching that decision, let's say you're transitioning into practice and you're thinking of upgrading common question we get is like, how much can I afford on my, on a home? And the answer is like, I have no idea me as the financial planner, I'm going to tell someone, if I don't know their circumstances, I'm going to say, I have no idea. Well, the reason is because like, I know it needs to be based on your values and I don't know your values and everybody's going to be different. So if someone, I don't think anybody would ever say this, but if someone said like my number one value is to have a really nice house and that was all I cared about, then I would say, we'll go to the bank and see how much they'll loan you and whatever the max is, take it. And there you go. So that's, like I said, that's a probably a unlikely scenario, but at least you're living by your values. But what more often happens is people get caught up in that particular decision or any of these big decisions and they don't consult their values or they just haven't really thought about them in years. And we get caught up in the motion of it. And then we go with some rule of thumb or what the mortgage person told you or a realtor or whatever who has no idea what's most important to you and then we just roll with it you know lean heavy towards cultural norms so that's why you know the culture our culture has gone towards bigger houses nicer houses there's constant pressure to have nicer things and so you're gonna definitely get pulled in that direction of like having a nicer house when you're not having a firm stance on like what's most important. So ideally what you're doing instead of just like going with a rule of thumb or like listening to what the realtor and mortgage people tell you as far as a price to spend on, or just picking a random number, instead of going that direction and, you know, just picking, just doing it off of that sort of process. Ideally you are consulting these values. So there, you know, I know, maybe home is not on your list of values it's but i'm sure it will tie into to your list of things so i'll talk about like my scenario as an example so for me like if i really you know, i guess if i look at this list of things the relationships is probably where my home could tie in most into my values but really it doesn't tie in directly so much aside from that But relationships, it ties in because I want a nice place for my family to live. And I want to be in a neighborhood where I have people that I can associate with and build a relationship with and have families, which is happening. I mean, have families that we can grow up with and have friends. And, you know, that's where the relationship part is important. So having a house that kind of checks those boxes is important. But beyond that, it's like not super. Important. So if buying a house is going to force me to compromise on something like spending time with my family, then we're getting into like problem territory. Or if buying more house than the baseline that's needed to be in a nice neighborhood with good people, if buying more than that is going to force me not to be able to like go explore new places like travel and, you know, do the things that i would love to do there that's when we start to get a problem so personally for me it's like i ideally am spending the least amount possible to check the box off of the relationship thing and have like a nice place for my family and then i'm dedicating other dollars to things that are what i would say much more important to me a good example for me because my house decision was made so long ago like we've lived in our house like 10 years so it's hard for me to remember exactly what life was like then. But I always have this one recurring in my world is the decision about a car. So I've talked about it before. I drove, drive an old junky car. It's like, it's not junky, but it's like, it's had some, it's had a lot of, a lot of good miles put on it. It's a good character building car, we'll say. So it's a 2003 Avalon. It is every year or two, I get in this thing where I'm thinking about getting a new car, whether it's like somebody else influenced the idea on me or you know my wife brought it up or whatever it's like every year or two i start to think about getting a new car and so lately like i guess as long as i've owned it anytime that's come up one part of that process is all think about it from the view of like this kind of thing so what happens is i start to realize if i spend more on a car which for me if i really look at the car what's most important. And why do I buy a car? I really don't care about the car itself at all. Like zero. I care about point A to point B. I don't drive very much. It's literally like a golf cart for me. I walk to work. I drive my kids to soccer practice. That's about it. So it's a very low priority thing. So when I start to look at a new car and I look at the cost benefit of it, it's like basically taking away dollars that I would love to put elsewhere. Like you know, going on sweet trips with my wife or giving more charitably or traveling more like way, way better use of money for my personal situation than to spend more on a car, at least right now in my life. So I think it's been helpful for me as I set these goals to like consult values, these values and help let them be the guide. And you know, they kind of keep me on track and pull me back towards that like voice of reason. Like I said, it's not perfect. These values like they're a work in progress. They're constantly evolving and everybody's going to have different variations and you know, it's going to look different for each of you. But the whole idea of this is to start to get in a routine of thinking about what's most important and like documenting it and then consulting that as you make decisions. So that's what it comes down to. Like that, I think that's the big takeaway is what I would advocate for all of you is getting to a place where you have committed, like what's most important to you, like it's written down and you're using that to make financial decisions, to set financial goals, to make decisions in life. And by doing that, that's going to really help improve your life and get you to a point where you're, you know, living that ideal life that's really the goal of financial planning and really of life in general so that's all i got for today I'll, like i said i'll put the link to this i'm holding it as i'm talking if you are watching the video you'll see these but i'll um, put the pdf of this exploring values exercise in the show notes that way you can reference it as you go through this hopefully it's a value to you and we will look forward to catching up again next time you've been listening to finance for physicians To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. On this show, we believe that when you prioritize your finances, you take better care of yourself, have more fulfilling relationships with your families, and most importantly, provide higher quality care for your patients. If you feel this way too, and want to learn more, then make sure to join our community. Follow the Finance for Physicians Facebook group. bonus content and sneak peeks on next week's episode. Thanks for listening.